The Future of Healthcare is an online platform and community for passionate healthcare professionals. Welcome to our new podcast that gives you valuable insights into tomorrow's healthcare. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome, everyone, to our new episode of the Future of Healthcare podcast. We're here today with uh, James Winterman, a senior executive leader in the pharmaceutical industry. Hi, James. Thank you for being here with us. How are you today? It's a pleasure. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So we can start with the first question, which is, could you briefly introduce yourself and your background? Sure. Uh, I'm a chemist by training. Well, I say that. I, I, I got a PhD uh, and thought science was the answer. And very soon on after that, I moved into the commercial world, actually, with Pfizer. Uh, after 11 years at Pfizer and 11 years at Astellas, I've just recently uh, been with a company called Clinigen. So uh, all the roles have really been about the commercial aspects, sales, marketing, market access and sort of launch experiences. And in the last job, it was providing early access programs for high unmet need patients across the whole pipeline. So quite varied, but okay. really. Yeah, of course. Could you maybe um, tell us more about your position in the industry and what really it implies? Sure. So, uh, well, I'll start probably with uh, Stellas. At one point, I started as sales and marketing for the UK. Uh, and then at the end, uh, when I decided to leave Estellas, it was as senior vice president for marketing and market access for Europe, Middle East and Africa. So looking after okay. that full portfolio for marketing and market access. And then recently uh, as executive vice president at Clinigen Group, looking after the unlicensed uh, business unit. Talking about the pharmaceutical industry in the past um, few years and mostly now, uh, the mm -hmm. industry has taken a digital approach, uh, for example, through the like omni-channel marketing, uh, marketers can work across different channels to build better relationships between the industry and the customers. Um, how much do you think digital communication is important in the industry? And do you think that uh, omni-channel marketing, for example, could make it better or also worse? So I think it's a really important point, actually, in the omni-channel journey for the industry. I think uh, we've talked about digital and closed-loop marketing maybe for five, ten years now. And I think it's made progress. And each time, you know, you see companies setting up digital frameworks and omni-channel approaches, and it is making progress. I do think by the last 12 months with COVID, that has been forced on the industry a lot more than previously. So I think we were going at a decent pace, but I think now we're gonna to have to go even faster. And I think the world has changed around that in terms of, look, let's be honest, we, we're all used to working from home when we're all used to working in the offices. So I can't think that that's any different from our uh, customers and patients than it is for us. So we've got to come to terms with that. Um, from my perspective, omni-channel, we talked about for a while. I think key in the whole omni-channel approach, honestly, is going to be the data. And I think sometimes we're so busy trying to create messages and communications, we've got to make sure we've got enough insight from the data. Because I think the data will be king in the whole thing. And that's what will really drive the omni-channel approaches for me personally. Yeah, I agree. Um, the only thing that maybe um, we can argue, you know, with data is always controversial. 
I think yeah. for also patients and you know customers. Um, so do you think that maybe that could be a problem? And you know, with like the whole uh, being ethical in the industry and um, you know the challenges of the relationship yeah. with customers who are not maybe really informed um, completely. You know. Yeah, I think there's there's a few aspects to the 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 data. So let me just reassure what I'm trying to talk about. I think for me, there's the data of the trials or the real world evidence that absolutely totally align with where you are has to be balanced. It has to be transparent and it has to be built on data because the key thing we're missing sometimes is building the true trust with patients and healthcare professionals. So from my point of view, that that data has to be balanced, fair, transparent, etc. The other data I sometimes think about with Omnichannel is how we could use it internally. So the mindset, the segmentation of physicians, the segmentation of patients, such that we can get to the right patients quicker or the right physicians to educate and help them better. And I think that's the data as well that we need to get more insightful and articulate around, as well as the external piece. So there's a few pieces to that that I think need to come together. I've actually recently, uh, sorry, just seen a company where they're talking about precision medicine. And on that precision medicine, what they're able to do is link the, the patient's DNA with their whole database and then take a cell biopsy. And then they're really able to actually write a report for each individualized patient on what the best treatment is. That to me is the start of precision medicine that you know I think is very exciting. Yeah, of course, um, I agree, and I think um, there there have been so uh, many changes in this, you know, in the digital side. Uh, but also, maybe could you think of other changes that you've seen in the past, um, you know, twenty five years because of your um, experience in the field? Maybe that have um, improved, also not uh, the um, the industry. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a really good question. Thank you. I think for me, um, when I went back to doing my PhD, I was looking at it the other day, and it was around enzyme chemistry, such that it could be used for oncology treatments. That was 25 years ago. And only now is it starting to really become molecules actually into patients now and getting licenses. So when you ask that question, what do I think's really changed? I think the science has come on in leaps and bounds in the last 20 years. And I think what that means is we're able to get to much clearer patients, which types, who's going to have a good uh, reaction to that treatment and be impacted positively, but also equally, which patients aren't suitable for that treatment. And I think that's as important as which ones will it work well for. So I think the science has come on in leaps and bounds, and it means precision medicine, it means market access, it means pricing, etc. I do think, though, that the commercial, you know, when I think back 20 odd years ago, it, honestly, it was share of voice and, you know, some of those, have a, how big a field force can you get? Those days have gone. They've gone for a while now. But I do think it's going to get even further down that journey. And we're going to end up with much more. If a medicine's particular for a particular patient, how do we make sure we're doing that in the most ethical, transparent, right way? across the world. The other, the other aspect I would add to that, I think there's about 200 countries in the world. And actually, if you look at launches, at most 30 to 40, 
at most 30 to 40 countries. 80% of most profits come from about seven markets. So that let's flip that and say that that means there's you know 160 to 190 markets with patients, with unmet needs that we need to somehow as an industry find an ethical and appropriate way of getting access for those patients. And I think these are the changes. When we talk about diversity and inclusion, that to me is part of that agenda. Yeah, so uh, do you think, how do you think this changes or this, of course, like the change of the markets and stuff, Do you, how do you think there will change? And um, even both in the market, so in more in the commercial way, but also in the communication, um, in the industry with the patients, what do you think will uh, be will change in future, uh, let's say, ten years, or what can be improved um, for this change to happen? Yeah. So if you think about the last oh, twenty years, right? It used to be big congresses. It used to be making sure that we do a lot of face to face. Slowly but surely that's diminished down and it is about much more tailored medicines and tailored communication. And that is going to be key. And I think that will continue to grow, but I think it will get more and more precise. If you follow the thinking that goes on with the science, it becomes more and more tailored and all the artificial intelligence tells you exactly which type of patient. Imagine the world of communications going down that route. You've been able to use data to get tailored communications to healthcare professionals. One group, though, that I think we're going to need to see a radical change or I don't know radical is the right word, but something where we, we, we need to put more effort. I would safely say that is patients. I think the healthcare industry and the pharmaceutical industry, particularly and, and patients and that communication, I don't think it always gets there. It doesn't need to be promotional. It needs to be where how do we engage them? How do we involve them? How do we get to a place where we can support them in such a way that we can build the trust better with patients. A good example right now, as we speak, has to be the COVID vaccine and some of the stories that go around it and the lack of trust in the data, you know, and the media. Let's not kid ourselves. The, the media play a role in helping, but we've got to, as an industry, take a, a stance and a, and a view that we will might make sure that that data is balanced, it's fair, and we communicate it in the right way that actually lands well for the patient I, I once heard a, a I don't know a phrase that the people think communication it's not about being on, on you know it's not about making sure that you've been understood it's making sure that other person understands and I think that's the flip that we need to start to make in our own heads have they have those patients really understood and understand what we're trying to communicate and how do we do that in a much more personalized way that will have a better impact and build trust that's what i think needs to change yeah i think um that that's a good um quote to um end our interview but uh, and yeah of course just having um a more personalized but also transparent uh way mm -hmm. and ethical way to uh target the the patient so thank you very much for uh, sharing your experience and your thoughts and opinions um, with us. And um, thank you. Thank you for being with us. You're very welcome. Thank you for inviting thank me you. along. Did you enjoy this podcast? Subscribe to our podcast channel or newsletter to receive the latest insights into tomorrow's healthcare.
Oh, 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 oh,